This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, and welcome to Wellness with Lana. I'm Lana, your realistic wellness bestie, here to discuss everything from nutrition and fitness to mental health and fun. Join me every weekend for an episode that is entertaining, educational, and can help you become the best version of yourself. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that you decided to click on and listen in. If you are new, an extra special welcome to you. Whether you found me through social media or scrolling through Spotify or Apple podcasts, I am happy you are here. You are in the right place at the right time. If you're returning, as always, hugs and kisses. This Boss Babe community is growing. We are becoming the happiest, healthiest versions of ourselves together, and I have never been happier to see that. Make sure to follow this podcast, give a rating, give it a review, and share it to anyone who might need to hear it. Also, be sure to follow all of my socials, which are linked in the link down in the show notes. Okay, let's set the mood. So it is currently almost 8 p.m. on a random Thursday evening, and I decided to record today because I was just bursting with this information and I could not keep it any longer. I really wanted to talk to you guys all about this because I am so hyped up about food and I can really hype you up as well. I'm currently in the car recording because I need a quiet space to record, and again, if you have been on the podcast before, if you've listened to me, you know that I live at home, and when you live at home with siblings, things get a little rowdy, so of course, I have to go out in the Minnesota winter in the car to be able to record. I like my whole laptop, microphone out, phone out, everything is recording, but it's in a car. It's kind of weird, but it's definitely a vibe. I do like sitting in the car and just talking to myself. (laughs) It is quite interesting indeed. So a high of this week is probably that I am, you know, relaxing. Everything is going good. I think I've had some ups and downs like every week, but overall things have been going really good. I have actually been consistently trying to increase my protein, making sure I'm eating enough, because that is something I realized I was slacking on so hard, and I feel so good right now. I feel so energized and powerful through my workouts, and it's just helped me a lot. And then my low is yesterday was definitely not the best day mentally. I think a lot of things happened, and you know when just a lot of things happen, and you pretty much start having a panic attack, and you don't really know exactly where it's coming from, but you know it's a combination of all of the things that are on you right now, and kind of start spiraling, and you cry, and like, you don't end up doing anything productive. Well, that was my day yesterday, and that's okay. It's okay to have unproductive, bad days, but you know, I woke up today, and I was still sad and guilty for, you know, what happened yesterday, all the time that, you know, I wasted, pretty much. But I decided that, you know, that's fine. Today is going to be a better day. Today is going to be a more productive day. And it was. Obviously, I wasn't able to complete everything since I'm still, like, kind of rebuilding myself mentally and just getting back into the groove of things after that little mental teardown. But that's okay. 
being kind, being gentle to yourself as you are becoming the person you want to be is really important. Okay, so I think food is such a touchy subject for a lot of people, and unfortunately, diet culture is ever prevalent in our world. So, like, even on social media, intermittent fast, but, you know, eat breakfast because it's the most important meal of the day, and then track macros, but intuitively eat, and then gluten is fine, or gluten is not fine, eat lots of protein, but eating all animal-based protein is bad for you and the environment. Like There are so many contradictions within our health, our entire diet culture, and it is just so confusing to sift through all of this. And especially if you are in the space, if you are in the health and wellness space, you completely understand that it is really difficult to figure out how to eat. I think a lot of people have this idea that you automatically know how to eat if you are a health and wellness babe. And that is so untrue. Like I'm still learning so much about my body, about what makes my body feel the best because every single person, every single individual is different. What they need for their body is completely different. There are just so much, so many different opinions when it comes to food, and I might not be a doctor or a dietitian or a nutritionist, but I have found a view on food that not only helped me recover from an eating disorder in the past, but it changed the way I view food forever. Let's get into the episode. As I mentioned in the last episode, start looking at food less like the enemy and more like something it is doing for your body. I think that our society really demonizes food, and instead of making it as something like medicine or something that is fueling and nourishing your body, it is making it seem like it is destroying your body and it is horrible and it is something to be avoided. What food can do to our bodies is absolutely incredible. Obviously, this is one podcast episode, and I try to make it easy to listen to and shorter than like an hour, so I obviously cannot go into all of the different vitamins, minerals, micro and macronutrients that we eat on a daily basis and that our body requires, but I hope with this episode you kind of get the idea of this view of food that can really change how you look at food forever, especially if you view food as the enemy you know, as someone who used to have an eating disorder, like, yeah, I viewed food as a number. I viewed food as the enemy. And relearning how I view food pretty much changed my relationship with food. It changed how I treated myself after, you know, feeling these cravings and not understanding where they're coming from. Like, we are going to get all into cravings and micronutrients and macronutrients and how all of that can play a role in making sure that you are really fueling and nourishing your body for the best. So first, let's focus on the three major macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbs. You probably have heard a lot of dietitians on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, whatever, always talk about the hunger crushing combo. That is actually something from Abby Sharp, who is a registered dietitian on social media. But yeah, protein, fat, and carbs, they are the major macronutrients and they are required by our body to function. So first, let's focus on protein. Protein is honestly so underhyped in the non-gym world, but it's also so overhyped in the gym world. Whether or not you are trying to become buff, (laughs) you cannot live without protein. Like, I know some people are like, oh, I'm not going to eat that much protein. Like, I'm not going to put protein powder in my smoothie because I don't want to get buff. You're not going to get buff from eating protein. Like, your body uses protein in so many other things other than just building up muscle tissue. 
protein is the building block for everything. It is found in animal sources such as meat, eggs, and dairy, along with vegetable sources including nuts, seeds, beans such as peas and chickpeas, tofu, soy, all of these different vegetable and animal sources where you can get your protein intake from. In your biology class, you probably learned that proteins are made of hundreds to thousands of amino acids, which are then combined together to make a protein. Harvard University explained that protein is found throughout the entire body, in every muscle, bone, skin, hair, and tissue. It makes up the enzymes that power many chemical reactions in the hemoglobin that carries oxygen into your blood. For your brain, obviously, protein literally makes up the neurotransmitters, which help brain cells communicate with others. So eating that steak not only helps your gains in the gym, but it also makes you smarter. Like, just think about that. It's, it's kind of wild. It also raises the level of an amino acid called tyrosine, which allows the brain to manufacture neuroepinephrine and dopamine, which are chemical messengers of the brain. Norepinephrine, I'm so trying to pronounce this, and dopamine promote alertness and activity. So eating protein could also be aiding in your productivity. Everyone knows that like I'm kind of a productivity queen, but seriously, like this aids in productivity. Like I find that absolutely fascinating. I really do. A study published in the National Library of Medicine in 2012 showed that high-protein diets literally change your brain both structurally and functionally. High-protein diets aided in brain functioning and weight loss. More protein also limited cognitive decline, which was proved by a Harvard study in 2022. I think that Figuring out how protein can really affect our brains could definitely be a scientific breakthrough when we're trying to learn about things like dementia, memory loss, and Alzheimer's. Like, if someone told me, eat this much protein and you won't have any memory loss when you're older, you better bet I will be shoving protein bars and whatever else, nuts, seeds, beans, meat, down my throat to make sure I'm getting that protein because if it's going to help my brain function, my productivity, everything, I'm going to be consuming it. Obviously, everyone knows that protein is the building block for muscle tissue, so it's very important to consume a good amount of protein after any workout as it repairs its damaged muscle fibers. On top of that, there are different types of protein. So collagen and elastin are types of protein that allow for your bones and tendons to stay strong. Keratin, another type of protein, allows your hair, skin, and nails to look absolutely incredible. Obviously, you can find these different types of proteins in one source of protein, if that makes sense. Like you can find collagen and other types of protein in one steak, for example. You can find other sources of protein in powder form, supplements, but you know, there are so many ways that you can get all of these proteins for. In the immune system, protein allows your antibodies to fight from bacteria and viruses that are entering your body. Eating enough protein can also aid in hormone imbalance as protein makes most of the body's hormones. Also, if weight loss is one of your fitness goals, protein is the most satiating macronutrient. It pretty much changes the levels of the satiety hormones such as ghrelin and peptide YY, which are hormones that make you feel full. It allows you to feel more in tune with your body and less ravenishly hungry. I think a lot of, you know, common things that people say why they overage is, you know, A, either they were emotional or they were extremely, extremely hungry. I think if you're noticing yourself get hungry pretty quickly after a meal, you need to ask yourself, you know, a couple things. Like, A, 
was the meal enough? Because, like, for me, I know that if I eat a meal that's, like, not at a certain, you know, size and not at a certain portion, I'm going to feel starving in a couple of hours. And two, like, did it have protein, fat, carb? Was it balanced? And obviously, protein is the most satiating macronutrient. Eating more of it can help you feel fuller for longer. I also mentioned this earlier, but again, protein is important for your blood as eating more can increase hemoglobin, which carries oxygen to the body's tissues through the blood. So before you beat yourself up for having like an extra piece of meat or tofu or, you know, whether that protein source is in a salad or a hamburger, step back and think about everything that that little protein is doing for you. You are consuming it and it is broken down by your body into amino acids to be shuttled off everywhere from your muscles to your brain to your nails. Like, I find this so fascinating. I could probably sit and think about, like, we could literally go through, like, every single protein source and how it affects your body, but obviously, you have a life to get to, and I do too, so I'm here to give you, you know, the quick facts to keep going. Second, let's focus on the second major macronutrient, fat. So I honestly don't really know why everyone demonizes fat. I feel like people hear the word fat and they like think of that as like like fat on your body when it's like a macronutrient. I don't know. There was a person on Instagram, one of the community member babes, that was kind of anxious about how much fat she was consuming. It was honestly not a lot of fat. It really it really wasn't. I I I eat double the amount of fat she does, maybe even more. And she was concerned. I'm like, what are you concerned about, babe? Like, eating more fat literally does so much for your body. And I think we need to stop demonizing fat. And we're going to get into carbohydrates later. But for my body, eating more fat really helped limit, you know, carb cravings. Because I used to have crazy carb sugar cravings at night. And what I quickly realized is cravings are a sign of a nutrient deficiency. And I noticed that my late night cravings of, you know, the cookies and the cereals was not my brain doing something wrong, but it literally was my body begging for more fat. My mom, who grew up around like the 1990s and, you know, the whole low fat diet was all the craze, literally said that like she gained weight on that like low fat diet because she would constantly overeat on carbs. So like, I think when you are trying to completely eliminate fat or completely eliminate carbs or eliminate protein like you're gonna have issues and it is just not gonna be good our bodies are meant to have all three macronutrients and eating not enough fat really impacted my female hormones my hair my nails and even the moisture on my lips where I remember I think it was like last year or two years ago where I was so focused on like eating disorder and like calories that like I wouldn't obviously like fat is very calorically dense and so I wouldn't really eat a lot of it to like save calories anyway that's a whole different story but I would have this like weird red dry ring around my mouth and that was pretty much a sign of nutrient deficiency because I didn't give my body fat that it needed to like absorb vitamins so like I was nutrient deficient on all fronts because I was too concerned that fat was going to make me fat Fats are made out of one molecule of glycerol and three fatty acids. They are known as the long-lasting energy of the body and are constantly stored for your body's protection mechanisms. Females are actually more likely to have body fat than males just because our bodies, like, biologically, we are kind of, like, created to have children. Whether or not, like, obviously, like, it's your choice to have a child, but, like, biologically, that's how we're created. And so that's why women have more fat than men because our hormones need it on top of that, like our bodies are created to have fat, to have that stored energy pretty much in case we have a baby and there's a famine. Like there's a lot of reasons why women have extra fat on their bodies, 
but just know it's normal. So fats can definitely, now we're going into fats that we consume. Fats can definitely be healthier and unhealthy and range from salmon and olive oil to processed chips and cakes. We know that healthy fats are absolutely vital for the brain. Fat is, in fact, 70% of the brain. Fats are incredibly important for brain development, memory, cognition, and also the production of neurotransmitters. So there are four different types of fat that we are quickly going to brush over. The first is saturated fat. They are found in things like beef, butter, and coconut oil, and are something that definitely need to be consumed, but in moderation. Some saturated fat has been proven to be building blocks for cell membranes and energy sources, as proven by a study by the University of Minnesota in 2020. But that is like a moderate amount of saturated fat. None is obviously bad because like where are those cell membranes going to be built from? And too much can increase your risk of heart disease, cancer, and other medical problems. So definitely when it comes to saturated fat, eat it. But like don't be eating beef steaks and coconut oils like in obscene amounts. Number two is trans fat. So trans fat is like the kind of unhealthy fat. They're found in things like processed food, baked goods, like cakes and cookies, fried food, and more. So why I say unhealthy is I don't view it as like, of course, this entire podcast is all about balance. Like I will so I literally had a cookie yesterday that probably had trans fat. Did I like look at that and like freak out? No, I ate it. Like it's fine. It's not like it's an everyday, you know, every meal occurrence. But your body does not benefit like at all from trans fat, nor does it need it. So, you know, having these fats once in a while is totally okay. But constantly having this fat, you know, it does lead to a big cardiovascular disease risk. They raise your bad cholesterol and too much trans fat may actually reduce serotonin production in the brain, which literally leads to depression and affects your memory in a negative way. So definitely make sure that you are not, you know, consuming a ton of processed food. And this is why I like to say like 80-20, like 80% of my diet is very, you know, I cook from home, whole foods, whatever. And 20% is fun. And the fun food can include trans fat. But again, it is not at a big amount. It is a very small part of my diet. And that is why, you know, balance is so important because if I completely cut it out, I'm more likely to like overeat on it because the forbidden fruit effect. But if I have it in moderate amounts once in a while, that's okay. Like we cannot be perfect in life. And I think enjoying your life to the fullest, but also kind of understanding what, you know, nutrition does to you is a very important thing that you can do. Next, monosaturated fats. So these fats are found in things like olive oil, avocado, nuts, and more. So they can actually reduce bad cholesterol and they lower your risk of heart disease and stroke. They also allow for nutrients to develop and maintain your body's cells. So, you know, you need monosaturated fats to absorb certain nutrients. There are certain nutrients like vitamin A, for example, that need fat to be absorbed with it. They also aid in controlling blood sugar levels and it may help with weight loss and decrease inflammation. So again, Monosaturated fats, super important. Make sure that you're eating the avocados and the nuts and the olive oils because it is vital for your brain and for your whole body. Lastly, polyunsaturated fats. So these are known as the holy grail of healthy fat, and these fats really do a little bit of everything. They include fats such as omega-3 and omega-6, which we already know does wonders for our bodies. Found in salmon, nuts, seeds, and oils, these omegas do a bit of everything. 
they actually improve muscle strength and are vital for nerve function and are very brain healthy. Focusing on omega-3s, which your brain actually needs more omega-3 than omega-6, even though our American diet has more omega-6 than omega-3. So definitely focus on omega-3 because omega-3 allows your brain to be more involved with cognitive function, the immune system, and energy levels, while omega-6 is mainly just used for energy, period. Omega-3 fats can be found in things like fish, flax seeds, while omega-6 is found in nuts, seeds, and eggs. Omega-3 fats are anti-inflammatory, while omega-6 can be inflammatory, so definitely make sure that you are prioritizing omega-3 fats, which again are found in things like fish and flax. We know that fat does a lot, and there are many different types of fat. Fat as a whole aids in the production of hormones, including estrogen and testosterone, and allows the skin to stay hydrated. They're also vital for gut health, as they allow for absorption of vitamins such as A, D, E, and K in the small intestine. I personally eat a lot of healthy fats, and they make up almost 40% of my daily caloric needs. Compared to the average breakdown of fat consumption, like 25% of your daily energy, that's about 15% increase. And I downplay my carbs in the process. Why? Fat makes my body feel good, and it literally has improved my bloating, it helped improve my gut, my skin, my hair, and obviously this is my experience with increasing my fat, and everyone else is a bit different, but if you're struggling with carb cravings and constant bloating, dull hair and skin, really increase your fat, especially like, I'm eating avocado every single day, you know, nuts and salmon and things like that really do help. And try to do this for a bit, for a couple weeks, and see how you feel. Like, if you're struggling with what I just mentioned, you know, constant carb craving and not feeling, you know, perfect, try increasing your fats. Hi, Wellness Bestie. I just wanted to let you know that the Healed Eating Disorder Recovery Journal has just been launched by me. I created the journal that I wished I had during my eating disorder recovery. It is 75 days of empty meal plans to make sure you are fueling your body water trackers, emotional check-ins, intuitive eating training, different daily recovery challenges, journal prompts, along with weekly chat sessions where I answer commonly asked questions about eating disorder recovery. You can purchase it by clicking the link below. It is affordable, but to make sure it's even more affordable, use the code wellnesswithlanapod, all caps and no spaces to get an extra 20% off. Let's get back into the episode. Okay, so finally, carbs. So I am a carb queen. I literally will eat all of the breads and pastas and quinoas. And if you put carbs in front of me, I will eat them. And I'm not I'm not ashamed, okay? I do like my carbs. I'm a carb queen and that's okay. And I think carbs are also something that I feel like diet culture really demonizes. Like carbs don't automatically make you gain weight. They are simply your body's preferred source of energy. So carbs are made up of monosaccharides that combine to form polysaccharides. And then, you know, polysaccharides are, you know, carbs as a whole. Carbs include fibers and starches and sugars. So obviously there are different types of carbs. Eating quinoa and sweet potato is very different from eating a donut. But, you know, carbs are carbs and your body will use it as energy either way. Obviously one will keep you more satiated and have more nutrients and fiber and starch and another one won't and that's okay sometimes. I really prioritize complex carbs on a daily basis because you know things like whole grains and the carbs in 
you know, vegetables and like sweet potato, like a lot of these have fiber in them, which again, fiber is very satiating. So along with eating a carb, you're eating another satiating micronutrient, like you're eating fiber and that is so vital for your body and just to feel full and satisfied. It also helps, you know, your gut, it helps your regularity, it helps everything, it helps your digestion. So definitely prioritizing complex carbs because generally complex carbs have fiber added. I think another thing people don't realize is like there are a lot of carbs in, you know, fruit and generally these carbs in fruit aren't complex. They are like, you know, quick carbs, like banana, apple, like quick carbs for your body. And this is also beneficial, like having a banana as like a pre-workout or like right after you work out, like getting that intake of quick sugar for your body is really vital, which I'll get into how like, you know, making sure that you are eating carbs afterwards and how this can enhance muscle recovery and maintenance. And it, you know, really does change your ability to recover and to fuel your body. So your brain thrives off of carbs. On average, your brain burns through about 130 grams of carbs per day. It does this by breaking down the carbs into glucose. Now, that is just your brain. It is not including workouts, runs, and hot girl walks or serious studying. And yes, studying does burn glucose. You are using your brain. Your brain is using carbs. So yes, when you study, you are burning up carbs. It has been proven that, you know, reaction time and memory declined in those that were eating low carb. Carb also helps your gut. So the fiber in carbs, which are found in veggies and a lot of whole grains, allow for that healthy gut microbiome that I mentioned earlier. They protect the gut and support probiotic growth because, again, you know, the good bacteria in your gut, which also bad bacteria can thrive off of getting glucose and fructose and just, you know, carbs. But the good bacteria, the good probiotics in your gut, you know, for them, carbs are almost like a prebiotic. They are food. They are helping these microbiota, these bacteria, this good bacteria grow. So eating carbs does help your gut microbiome. Obviously, the right carbs. I'm not saying eating a donut is going to really help your gut microbiome. But what I'm saying is complex carbs, you know, finding carbs in like whole sources, like sweet potatoes, quinoa, grains, like fruit, whatever, like all of those carbs, they are going to be beneficial for your body. Carbs also aid in muscles, especially muscle growth, which is something I think confuses people because like I think you automatically assume that like muscle growth equals protein equals gains, but like carbs aren't in that picture. But yes, carbs help your muscles. So carbs are turned into glycogen, which are used as a form of energy in muscles, which not only do they allow you to power through your workouts, which can explain why so many, you know, marathon runners are just runners or, you know, people before a lifting session, they will eat like a banana, like some dates, like some quick carbs because your body gets that, you know, carb, your body gets that energy. It's able to break it down and use it immediately for your workout. On top of that, eating carbs after workout prevents muscle loss and enhances muscle recovery. So like after I run, because I right now am, you know, I'm getting back into running. I make sure to be eating carbs within, you know, an hour after I run. Why? Because I'm running, I'm using up energy. I want to make sure that when my body is done running, I'm able to refuel it with the carbohydrates it needs to stay healthy. Carbs also literally just taste good, you know, and that's a complete bias, but they do. I don't think there's like one person in the world that like would turn down a bowl of rice, bread, 
pasta, like carbs taste good. And I hope that now, you know, you can look at carbs in a beneficial light. Obviously, this podcast is about balance. So like if you want the normal white pasta that probably is very like easy for your body to digest, that's okay. Like nothing is going to happen. Once in a while, have the donut, have the cookie, have the simple carb that might not be complex and that's okay. Your body is still going to use it as energy. Okay, so we talked all about, you know, the protein, the fat, the carbs. We talked about the macronutrients, how they impact your brain and your body and your hair and your nails and all of that. And obviously, I would love to go into detail on micronutrients and all the different vitamins and how they impact your body and your brain and everything, but we are trying not to make this episode too confusing because I already know I used a lot of big words and you're probably trying to figure out what I said like 10 minutes ago and that's okay. So I'm just going to mention other, you know, foods that I'm a little bit obsessed with when it comes to how, okay, number one, they all kind of taste good. And number two, they are really beneficial for your brain, for your body or both. So first dark chocolate. Now I literally am a chocolateaholic. My mom knows this. Everybody knows this. I have chocolate minimum, minimum once a day. Generally, on a good day, twice a day. I literally, literally, I have, I've, I, I literally have chocolate twice a day. It's incredible. I've never felt better <laughs> in my entire life. So, I not only love dark chocolate, specifically dark chocolate, because that's where most of the nutritional benefit is. I love dark chocolate for not only the taste, but the fact that it is really incredible how it impacts your brain and your entire body. So. Cacao is rich in theobromine, which is a powerful antioxidant, which is known to support cellular aging and reduce the risk of heart disease. So raw cacao is very similar to caffeine. So, okay, I do eat like dark cocoa, dark chocolate right before I go to bed, which isn't that helpful, but I've never had an issue with it. It's similar to caffeine, but it's not. However, Cacao is similar to caffeine as they both are vasodilators. So what they do is they improve blood flow to the brain. But unlike caffeine in coffee or tea, cacao won't give you jitters. So you can literally use hot cocoa as a coffee replacement. If you really want, you can. Dark cocoa with like, I like to just do, you know, 70-80% is really rich in this theobromine, this antioxidant that I just mentioned, and it also has other natural antioxidants. Besides, like, honestly, chocolate tastes good, and having it every single day makes my life so much better. I highly recommend it. Another thing I'm kind of obsessed with and that I consume every single day is leafy green vegetables. So I'm talking like spinach, kale, the whole nine yards. I'm not talking lettuce, I'm not talking like romaine or iceberg. Like, no, those are unfortunately, sorry to break your bubble, but those really are just like pretty much water. Um, They're not going to benefit your body in any way. However, leafy green vegetables are packed with vitamins, minerals, and fiber. And having a, you know, eating leafy greens every single day or as often as possible, whether it's in a smoothie, a salad, whatever, I generally eat leafy greens twice a day. So, in my, you know, breakfast, I generally incorporate leafy greens somehow. Um, lately, I've just been putting them into like my turkey egg avocado wrap situation, um, which I actually have the recipe posted on my Instagram. So definitely go check that out. And then I also have it in like a nourish bowl. I just try to include leafy greens everywhere. But 
Eating these leafy greens can offer many, many health benefits, including reduced risk of heart disease, lowers your blood pressure, it helps to limit mental decline, so again, aids your memory. And also don't forget that leafy greens are anti-inflammatory, so they can help your skin, just your entire body not feel so inflamed. It helps oxygen circulate the body and are anti-aging thanks to a lot of vitamin K, folate, and lutein present, which are just things that are anti-aging vitamins and nutrients. Another thing I eat every single day are berries. So there are literally bioactive compounds in berries, which are extremely hard to find in any other food. Blueberries, for example, have a flavonoid called anthocyanin that gives blueberries their health benefits and antioxidant effect. Anthocyanin can improve blood vessel function, ultimately lowering your blood pressure. And blueberries have antioxidants that prevent or slow the damage to cells by free radicals. So free radicals, which I know you've probably seen that like green tea helps against those berries, they are the unstable molecules that your body produces as a reaction to the environment and other pressures. So free radicals are pretty much the waste from our cells and they can come internally by things like inflammation or they can come from external factors such as pollution or, you know, sun exposure. Berries help to limit free radicals, along with green tea, but generally berries. We're, we're on berries. We're not going to go down the green tea rabbit hole. Berries keep you also mentally strong and sharp thanks to anthocyanids, a flavonoid that helps to decrease risk of mental decline. And these anthocyanins are really cool because they go straight to your brain through like the blood brain barrier, which is very picky as your brain, you know, your brain has a system in place for like letting nutrients in and out. It doesn't just let everything in. And these berries, which have anthocyanins, it goes straight through that blood brain barrier with no issue. It goes right into the learning and memory centers of the brain. So obviously you are becoming smarter eating those blueberries. So eat those bloobs. Also, finally, I'm going to gush about eggs. Chicken eggs, okay? Chicken eggs. Even though I do really want to try duck and other, like, you know, duck eggs, but I have not had the ability to. Chicken eggs not only have protein and are literally my breakfast staple in the egg avocado wrap that I mentioned earlier, but it helps your hair and skin. So, eggs have so many different vitamin Bs, B2, B5, B12, which help your skin and your hair. Vitamin B is water soluble, meaning that like our body is not able to store vitamin B. So eating eggs, you know, or other, you know, vitamin B rich foods can increase the vitamin B levels. Eggs also have a micronutrient called choline, which creates cell membranes and neurotransmitters in the body. It is extremely vital for memory, muscles, and the nervous system. And choline is very difficult to find in a lot of other foods. And eggs definitely have a lot. It is extremely beneficial for your brain. I think a lot of people are a little freaked out about, you know, eggs with cholesterol. There have been a lot of contradicting studies regarding eggs and cholesterol, as there are some studies that literally show that consumption of eggs can increase your good cholesterol and decrease your bad cholesterol but there's it's very blurred so like I stick with like an egg a day I'm not a doctor I'm not a nutritionist but like that's what feels good for me and I'm gonna stick with it okay so that was like all the food that I gushed about and hopefully got you really excited about like eggs or berries or you know one of the macro nutrients but I also don't want to forget about water like water isn't like a food but it's really important because you know our brain 
content, a lot of it is water. Like our bodies are made of water and every chemical reaction that takes place in the brain needs water, especially when it comes to energy production. I think a lot of people who don't, you know, drink enough feel really fatigued. They have brain fog. They're dizzy. They're confused. And if you literally don't drink enough water, your brain shrinks. Like think about this, like your brain shrinks if you're not drinking enough water. Drinking water increases blood flow and oxygen to the brain, which improves your concentration, your cognition, and more. It also helps to balance your mood. So hydrate that hot body. Like, water is important. Obviously, don't overconsume. I think there's, like, this craze on Instagram and TikTok that it's, like, drink a gallon a day. Like, for, for different bodies, that's too much. For different bodies, that's too little. You need to, like, make sure, like, when you go to the bathroom, check the color of your pee. If it's, like, a good light yellow color you're perfectly hydrated if it's clear you're drinking too much and you're flushing out all the nutrients within your body and if it's like really dark you're not drinking enough to help with water drinking put lemon put mint herbal teas are great coffee is not water so don't count it um eating food can also increase your water content so you know especially vegetables cucumber you know fruit that had that has natural water content and so it is able to give you some hydration but again drink water have a cute water bottle do whatever it takes for you to be hydrating your body so i hope you absolutely loved this episode that was a lot of information all thrown at you at once so i hope like you kind of understood what was going on and you kind of were able to track along and if you really like these sciency kind of more in-depth episodes, definitely be sure to DM me, DM the podcast Instagram, Wellness with Lana Pod, which is also linked in the show notes. Tell me if you like this because I really like learning about this and trying to just improve ourselves using science. Before we end the episode, let's do a quick Q&A with Lana. If you want me to answer anything at the end of my podcast, DM me or Around, you know, Saturday, sometimes Friday, I always have a story on my socials allowing you to write in questions about, you know, something you would want me to answer in the podcast. So this week's question is also related to food and it is how to stop, you know, sugar cravings and overeating at night. So I mentioned this earlier, but there are many reasons why you are probably overeating at night. Um, Reason number one, you're not eating enough throughout the day. Like, I'm sorry, when I was eating a really small breakfast and like, this might be a trigger warning, but it's not. I'm talking, like, 300-calorie breakfast. I was not full. I was overeating a lot. Like, I need more. I, I ate about double now for my breakfast. Like, I simply need more in the morning. I need more at lunch. I make sure that I fuel my body properly. Because then, by, like, nighttime, I'm not really craving food. Like, my body has the energy it needs. So, make sure you're eating enough. Especially prioritize breakfast and lunch. Make sure you have the protein fat especially because if you are not eating enough fat i promise you you are going to be craving bread and sugar and cookies and all of those things so make sure you are prioritizing healthy fat and then number two is um, overeating could definitely also be like emotional um you know sometimes i still overeat emotionally i stress eat and i think during those times it's okay to almost give yourself self-compassion and understand like this is normal, this is human, but be able to, you know, look at these episodes and figure out how can I avoid this reaction? Is there a different coping strategy that I can use rather than, you know, resorting to food to kind of numb out my feelings? Because I think 
everyone can relate to a time in their life where they, you know, their boyfriend broke up with them. They did bad on this test or whatever. And they were, I know, eating their chocolate and their ice cream. And that's okay. It is. It's. Re- it really is okay. You're normal if you are dealing with that or have dealt with that in the past. But being able to find other coping strategies if, you know, if under eating is not the issue, if nutrient deficiency is not the issue, then check the emotional aspect of it. And I think another tip is like, don't really put one food off limits. I personally believe that like when you put one food off limits, you like start to hyper fixate on it. You're like thinking about it all the time and that's not great for you. It's not great for your mind. So definitely be sure to allow yourself to have balance, to have the cookies and the chocolate anytime during the day. I think also like if you're like, oh, I'm only going to have, you know, my dessert at night after dinner. Well, like, that's not good because then you're thinking about it all night or, like, all day and then you come up and it's, like, nighttime and you start eating it and you can't stop. Like, sometimes I have sweet things in the morning. I've had dark chocolate in the morning. I've had, you know, pretty much dessert stuff after lunch, breakfast, like, and that's okay. Like, I think when your body realizes that it's not, like, just a special night thing, it's not, like, a thing that I only eat when I'm stressed, like when you normalize certain foods within your diet that like you tend to overeat on, life just gets so much better. Be sure to follow this podcast and give it a rating and a review along with all of my socials by clicking the link in the show notes. Also in the show notes, you can find the Healed Digital Eating Disorder Recovery Journal. If you feel like it will be helpful for your goals and you are someone who is struggling with eating disorder or an eating disorder recovery journey, be sure to check that out and use the code wellness with Lana pod, all caps and no spaces for an extra 20% off. I love you. I hope that you are really inspired by all the different amazing things that food can do for your body. And you know, next time you are cooking or eating something, just think about all the incredible things that that meal can do for you. Have an incredible rest of your week and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.